Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Now this will be coming out Thursday on Patreon, Friday on the main feed, but we are recording it on Wednesday. And I just say that because if on Dynamite tonight they announce loads of matches for All In, we are not privy to those matches as of this recording. So I don't want to, I just want you to know that so that you're not, you don't think we're just dodging, you know, some fairly big news if it comes out of the show. But I'm here with always... I'm here with always, I'm here as always with the one and only Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, I've got the holiday on the brain already. I'm check checking out before I even should be. How are you today? You've got one foot in Detroit. I've never <laughs> been to Detroit. You have been to Detroit before for WrestleMania 23, right? Yes, yes. I went for WrestleMania 23. The only things I really remember doing in Detroit is I, I went to the, the Fox Theatre for the Hall of Fame and I was at the... Uh, and, I, and I was at WrestleMania 23. I, now, I don't think the Raw the night after WrestleMania 23 was in Detroit, if I remember correctly. So, But I remember people around around that time just saying, don't venture out at night anywhere. Like, it's just not, you know, not great. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, that was 16 years ago. So you would hope that it's better now. But um, yeah, yeah. We, we go tomorrow, Thursday, and... Yeah, I mean, I, look, it's going to be fine. We're going to, we're going to, you know, meet up with Keith Elliott Greenberg. Sandra's going to be there. She's going to, she's coming in on Saturday. So, um, I think it'll be fine. We're staying, in a, staying in a decent hotel, so it's, you know, hopefully going to do. Okay. I'm, the one thing I'm thinking about, thinking about doing that's non wrestling related, that's touristy, is there is a Motown museum 
I'm quite course. fancy that. In the quite... Motor City. Yes. So I quite fancy going to that, seeing seeing some of the historical stuff about Motown, because that kind of interests me. So yeah. I think that could be good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested in doing like a wee bus tour or something if there's stuff going on, uh, just so it's you know you kind of try to see stuff. But I think at night I'll probably be staying in you know very central, well lit areas just to be safe. Yeah. yeah. Did you say a motor museum or a Motown museum? Motown museum. Motown. Motown. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah Motown museum. <laughs> Motown, not the. Not, I not mean, the... Could, there, there might be a motor museum. <laughs> Uh, it's probably not for I, you know. I, I don't really want to see a, a museum full of Fords. Yeah, yeah, so. you're going to be into that, are you, Kenny? Let's be honest. No, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So the you know the seventies sensation of Motown. Um, oh yeah, I, the sixties as well. That actually would be fascinating. Yeah, if I was in Detroit, I listen, Kenny. If I was coming with you, I'd uh-huh. go with you. There we go. You'll be with me in spirit. Um, but yes, I'm looking forward to it, and it's funny because I kind of thought. Uh, with us recording a day early, there might not be a lot of news to talk about. And then this morning, loads of stuff happened. So we are, you know, we are not uh, starved of wrestling news today. But before we get into the kind of stuff that's going on specifically today, we did want to get, you know, talk a little bit about uh, NXT Great American Bash that took place this past weekend. Yes. Now, I've only watched three matches from the show. Which matches have you seen? I watched the Dominic, Wesley, and Mustafa Ali match the North American title. I watched Carmelo and Ilya Dragunov for the NXT title. And I, I had time for one more match, and I had to watch Gable Stevenson and Baron Corbin. That had to be the other one. And I feel bad because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pals with the Gallus, Gallus boys, but I just, you know, I'll have to watch that one later. But, um, yeah, so, but let, let's, let's just kind of go through, give it a, you know, a fairly quick, but, uh, you know, give it some time. Um, Let's go through the card and tell me what you thought of the show. Um, so the show opened with Gallus against Tony D'Angelo and uh, Channing stacks Lorenzo for the NXT Tag Team Titles, and we walked we walked away with new NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, how was this opener, and did you agree with the title change? Yes, I did agree with the title change. Um, I mean, any other result would have been uh, would have just basically ruined the mood, possibly for the next match and the match after. Um, I mean, it was like. Been a long running storyline. Tony D'Angelo was in jail and then he was sprung from jail by Stacks, not sprung as in, you know, he was released, you know, from jail, not like he didn't do a jailbreak. I mean, it's just a storyline. Anyway, he wasn't really in jail, of course. So it was, you know, this was the night on which D'Angelo and Stacks should have beaten uh, Matt Coffey and Wolfgang because they conspired to send. Tony D'Angelo to jail, you know, unfairly. There was, you know, it was this miscarriage of justice. So it was time for, you know, the family, you know, to get revenge on Gallus. And they did so by dethroning them, by relieving them of the NXT tag team belts. And it was a crowd-pleasing first match. They didn't do too much. I thought they did just enough. And the audience were really chuffed to see, uh, you know, Tony and Stax as the new tag team champions. I don't think they're going to have a long reign. I don't see it being a long reign for D'Angelo and Stax, but that doesn't really matter. All that mattered was that they won the belts here. Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, from, from my kind of, from talking to people who watch NXT more than I do, I got the sense that this this was the title change that people wanted to see, that, you know, Gallus had the time, 
it's time to move yeah. on to something else. So yeah. Um, then we had the Blair Davenport Roxanne Perez Weapons Wild match, which uh, was won by Perez. Um, she also has she also is leaving NXT apparently. Um, which you know could that mean main roster bound? Does it mean it's an angle? Who knows? But how did Roxanne and Blair, the former B Priestley, do? Uh, yeah, I thought they did okay. There was a, some sloppiness towards the end, um, but I thought they held it together pretty well throughout, th- apart from those moments towards the end. I mean, Roxanne Perez, she was the local, this is Austin, Texas, the event was held. Um, so she was the local girl. She had a mother and a sister there in the front row and Blair Davenport was like mocking them and beating Perez up in front of her family members. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, that worked really well. The audience were really behind Roxanne. So, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, they used all sorts of weapons, uh, chairs, bins. There was a branding iron. Um, Blair uh, punished Perez with a belt. Uh, there was a cowbell on a rope spot. You know, the Dusty Rhodes, you know, that was one of his favorite props that he used in his matches. So that went down really well in Texas. Um, Perez tried to pop rocks Blair onto some chairs in the ring. But Blair blocked it on the third attempt. She finally hit her finisher onto chairs that were in the ring. So I thought they set up the finish quite well. Um, again, it was a crowd pleaser. I mean, in some ways, I suppose Davenport should have won because she feels like somebody who could be a bigger star than Roxanne Perez in NXT. But, um, you know, they went down the route of uh, giving people a happy ending. So, uh, So that's what happened. Um, Roxanne Perez on the main roster I'm not I mean she did well didn't she in the Royal Rumble the audience yeah. really liked her at Royal Rumble but I do have my doubts over whether or not she's really ready for the main roster I mean I don't fancy her chances <laughs> you know she's mm-hmm. likeable she's not bad I don't think she's brilliant she's not bad um, and she's you know got a loyal audience in NXT but you know, I guess if if the audio, if the company's behind her, maybe she'll do okay. We shall see. We but yeah, shall. it was it was I thought it was a good little match. Just a shame there's some sloppiness there. You know, in a few spots they did just before the end. And then the first match that I saw was Gable Stevenson Baron Corbin. I just had to watch it. Curiosity was was too much for me. Um, and I, you know, we got the big you know pre match hype for Gable Stevenson, and obviously I'd heard what the reaction was like to him, so I was very cute. I mean. I still, I, I had to almost hear this Baron Corbin chant for myself. Yeah, let's think. go Corbin. It was something, wasn't it? Um, which you know, you can't really blame the the audience because I saw a thing where Shawn Michaels had said in a media call or he, or an interview, he said it last this past week. He basically said that for Stevenson, he wanted to put him on this show and see if he could sink or swim. That was the mentality, which is a bold mentality to have when you get so much riding on this guy who you're paying so much money to um but he just didn't really seem ready here at all i mean and it's not, he he seemed like he could do moves obviously because he's a he's a he's a wrestler who's been to the olympics so he can do the, the stuff in the ring but he just doesn't seem to have that pro wrestling flair yet and then it ends in a double count out fans are chatting bullshit they're annoyed yeah. um and then you know they start brawling but it didn't really matter because the crowd, the crowd just kind of the double count. It almost told the crowd this doesn't matter, and yeah. 
What did, what did you think? Though? Did you think because obviously this is the first time we're seeing Stevenson in a match proper and seeing what he can do? Um, what did you think? Well, I mean, Stevenson had a did have actually uh, really did shine after the Raw Underground match between Eddie Thorpe and Damon Kemp, and Stevenson got in the ring and hit some amazing suplexes on trainees, and they took these incredible bumps, and the audience were behind them, and I think. I always think that Shawn Michaels, you know, and his uh, staffers were seduced by that reaction and thought, yes, Gable's ready to go. And they booked him against Corbin, who's, you know, he's gone back to NXT and he's got respect there because of who he is and what he did for Carmelo Hayes. I think he got, I think he really um, went up in a lot of people's estimations for putting Carmelo Hayes over and also for the Vanettes in which he, you know, explained that he needed to, you know, gain respect. He had money, you know, and he had all these different things, but he didn't have the respect of the audience. So he's in this position where he's trying to find himself as a character again and trying to seek the respect of the audience. And I think all those things combined, um, you know, have led to Corbin being, you know, remarkably over uh, in NXT. And meanwhile, Gable Stevenson, you know, on the other hand, you know, he's come in and we still don't know whether he's really committed to WWE or not, do we, Kenny? Is he going back to college? Is he going to go to the Olympics next year? Mm-hmm. And is this match supposed to confirm that he's now committed to NXT and WWE? I don't think it does. So I think there's some resentment there from the audience who feel like this guy's had everything handed to him by WWE, which he has because yeah. of who he is. And yet he's not really committed to WWE because he's still got one foot in, you know, amateur wrestling, which is understandable. And if I was him, I'd probably go back and do the amateur stuff because he's still so young that he can do the pro stuff later. You know what I mean? I think he probably would regret it if he didn't go back to the amateurs and finish that out and finish his story there while he still can. Yeah. But yeah, Stevenson did some good suplexes and I thought some of his bumps actually were pretty good. I thought he bumped quite well. But they're almost presenting him like Kurt Angle, you know, with the gold medal around his neck. You know, he's wearing like the Olympic singler, you know, and he's just presented almost as like the 2023 version of Kurt Angle. And people, including Booker T, have said, you ain't, this ain't no Kurt Angle. So it's almost an impossible sort of mountain for him to climb, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's all this pressure that he doesn't need. But the worst thing about Gable Stevenson, sorry for going around the houses here, Kenny is that he looks like a bunny in the headlights. Which is the cardinal sin, right? If you're on TV, fake it till you make it. You have to look like you are, you know, you are the character and he doesn't, he just doesn't look. The other thing I think, just, you know, for clarity, for for perspective, we should mention it. He obviously has some legal issues as well, stemming from an incident in his college time. Um, There's an allegation towards him that's not very good. And that's also not going to help him in this day and age either. Where, you know, one thing that I think is is good about kind of 2023 and is that, you know, people are, people do have to be held accountable to accusations. I mean, that can go the other way if it's proven that the person's actually not done whatever it is. But yeah, I think, you know, this, we saw what, we saw what Hogan did when Hogan had his stuff that he'd been caught for. he just tried to not mention it. And by 2021, when he came out of WrestleMania in Tampa, he was getting booed. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing for Stevenson because he's kind of got all this stuff. He's got the, he's very green to being a sort of pro wrestler in terms of the entertainment part of it. He's yeah. also very young and has all these prospects of 
you know, because he can always come back to pro wrestling. He can't always go to the, the Olympics. No, exactly. I mean, if I was him, I would just finish out that chapter of my life, and that yeah. chapter of my career, and then, you know, maybe do pro wrestling after that. Um, I mean, it's tricky because presenting him as this modern version of Kurt Angle, I mean, he's doomed to failure, unless he's at least as good as Angle, which he's probably never going to be. Then, because he just doesn't have the charisma or the personality or the pizzazz, does he? An angle from the start, you could just see at Survivor Series 99, you know, that he really had something in terms of personality. And, you know, Gable's been training for a while now, you know, on and off for, what, 16 months, something like that. And it's, it's funny, like, if you, I mean, this is a weird comparison to make, but when we were doing What's Going Down on Tuesday, we were talking about, uh, or yes, no, yeah. On Tuesday, we were talking about the the whole the Valhalla Maxine Dupree match on Raw, yeah. And it's like that was her first match, but she had the game phase on the whole time. Like she she presented herself like the way she, you know, uh, facially and everything as if she was a star. Even if she's not, she was presenting herself as that. And yeah, and as if she was Maxine Dupree, this sort of larger than life character. That's yeah. who she was in the ring, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Whereas with you know, Stevenson's obviously got way more physical credentials than she does, you know, miles more, but he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to to grasp the element that she's grasped a lot quicker. So Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, anyway, we'll move on to we've got loads more to talk about. Um we then had the Dirty Dom Wesley Mustafa Ali triple threat match for the North American title. I thought this was really, really fun. Um I can't, you know, if you'd told me three months ago. Um, they're going to put the belt, the North American title on Dominic Mysterio. They're like, really? That's a strange move. But I mean, it, it's perfect. You know, he, he never got to do the NXT thing. You know, I asked him that in the interview I did with him for the mag, where he said, you know, I was going to be going into NXT and then they just brought me to Raw to do the stuff with Seth during COVID and I wasn't going to complain at the spot. Whereas now he gets to come down and do some stuff in NXT and can add more strings to his bow? So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was well done. I mean, um, you know, the faces ganged up and Dominic at the beginning. Rhea Ripley was at ringside, of course, to help out, as she does. And, um, I mean, some really good moves and spots in this. I mean, Mustafa Ali, he was in the best shape I've ever seen him in. I mean, he just looked incredible, didn't he? So, I mean, Wesley maybe kicked out of a little bit too much at one point. You know, Lee kicked out of um, Ripley, ended up riptiding uh, Lee through the announce desk and hurled him back into the ring. And then Lee kicked out of that. And then he was hit with a belt shot and Lee kicked out of that. So I actually didn't like that part of the match. Like People should not kick out a belt shots. Maybe Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or a very you know top guy, but not somebody who's vying for the North American title. Um, so in the end, Ripley uh, yanked Ali uh, off Lee after a 450 uh, splash. And then Dom hit this incredible frog splash, picture perfect on Lee for the one, two, three. So it was ultra hot at the end, white hot at the end. Mm. Um, and this is a great spot for Dirty Dominic. I mean, Rey Mysterio announced on NXT last night that he's coming to NXT uh, to support Dragon Lee in his quest to uh, unseat 
Dominic as North American champion. So it seems like that feud's resuming, which is, you know, not a bad thing, really. And that's really good for NXT as well, that Ray's coming there and really good for Dragon Lee, really puts him on the map. So, yeah, this is a really good uh, spot for uh, Dominic Mysterio. And um, I think everyone's a winner here with Dom, you know, being in uh, NXT as North American champ. Uh, then we had the Tiffany Stratton Thea Hale match for the women's title, where Stratton retained the title. Um, how did and I saw some people saying, you know, would would they switch the belt here because the storyline apparently was was pretty hot? Um, but obviously Stratton's someone who they are very uh, attached to in terms of what they have and having plans for her. Um, how did they do here? Yeah, I mean, you know, Thea Hale's I think is a really good act, really good character. I mean, she's still only I think she's still only nineteen, so I think it was too soon for her to win the belt. And Stratton had only recently become champion, and she is their big project. I mean, I'm a big fan of Stratton, but she needs to calm down in the ring. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think she rushes things. You know, there's things here where she's just going from move to move too quickly. You can see she understands pro wrestling. She absolutely gets it. But she needs to just, you know, slow it down a little bit between moves. Um, So this was a submission match. Uh, Stratton did a surfboard. That looked really good. Uh, She did a bow and and arrow hold. Um, She also did an over-the-shoulder backbreaker. So she was going through all these old-time submission holds so that was really good to see and she did them really well there was a moment there where Stratton uh, took a flip and landed really high on the back of her neck and there was some concern there from the announcers and certainly from the referee that she might have been injured happily she wasn't um you know some sloppiness again here um Stratton ended up using um well Thea Hale's uh, big move is the Kimura so she went for that um, and she used it. Stratton didn't tap out. Um, Stratton, who had worked on Thea Hill's back throughout the match. So that was the whole psychology. The whole thrust of the match was that Stratton was wearing down Hill's, Hill's back in preparation for some type of back-related submission hold. In the end, she applied the Boston Crab, but didn't do it right. She was sort of st- I'm not quite sure why. It's like she wasn't sitting back on the Boston Crab. And you think of all the complicated sort of holds and maneuvers she did in the match that she did well. And then she wasn't sitting back on the Boston Crab. She did eventually, I don't know the ref had a word or what. And in the end, she applied like a half crab with her knee on Hale's back. So that did look really painful. 
and Hale, who was obviously a, a big project for NXT as well. She did not tap out. Andrea Chase threw in the towel for her. So, I mean, that was, you know, protected uh, Thea on the finish. So that was good to see as well. But yeah, I mean, it was good. But just a few moments there where Stratton did disappoint me slightly. So I hope they don't rush her up to the main roster. To me, don't bring her up until next year, like post-WrestleMania maybe, because I yeah. think there's still work to do with her on her act. I think she will get it. She'll learn it. But it's not. she's not there yet. She's not main roster ready yet, in my opinion. And then it was time for the main event, which uh, I got to see as well, which is Carmelo Hayes defending the NXT title against Ilya Dragunov. I mean, this was superb. Ilya Dragunov is so good. I mean, I, every time I see him now, I, I do wonder, you know, how would he do in the main roster? But, I mean, I remember when he had that amazing match with Walter in NXT UK, like yeah. back in the day. And it was like, at that point, you thought he's never going to make it on the main roster because Vince would just never do anything with him. And it's it's got to be so good for him that, he, that now he's got a chance. Oh, because, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Vince is, as we'll mention in a minute, Vince is kind of out of the picture. Hunter is, is able to get enough stuff through that he's got a good chance. And, I mean, here he just... The, the, the trick is he lost and he came out looking as good as the winner. And that's a rare thing in wrestling. So I thought this was, was great. Carmelo Hayes, I don't see him that often. I obviously just kind of, you know, come in and out every few months, but... Every time I see him, he's better than he was before. Um, he, you know, he carries himself really well. Carmelo Hayes feels as a character like he's made for the main roster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was really, really good. Um, I'm glad they kept the title on Hayes because I, I just didn't feel it was Ilya's time here. But, uh, yeah, talk me through your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Ilya Dragunov, I mean, they're, they're going with the Mad Dragon nickname and he's wearing red contact lenses now and they went to this real close-up so we could see that he was wearing the contact lenses. So, I mean, that's all character stuff that's you know, makes him you know, more, more of a main roster type act. I mean, it was a slow builder. The audience weren't really into it at the beginning, but they you know, did get into it as it you know, escalated and the drama rose. And it was just, uh, I mean, Dragunov is so good. He's a, he's a Gunter type character in terms of the ring, in terms of how he puts a match together. I mean, Gunter, if you actually go back and watch the match he had with Chad Gable on Raw this week, wasn't much of a response to it at the start. But by the time we got close to the five-minute mark, people were so into it because he's such an incredible wrestler. And same goes for Dragunov. Um, I'm a fan of Carmelo Hayes. I like him. The one thing he needs to do more of, and he, he was doing it here, but there's something about him that he's kind of got this sort of arrogance where he doesn't show that he's in enough peril. And maybe that's just me, but there's... He was taking a hell of a beating here from Dragunov and there were some really close near falls that were totally believable. But to me, Hayes needs to work out how to communicate that he genuinely is in agony and could be beaten. And there's something about him that he's not really showing all of that. He's not really letting go. It's like there's a barrier there that he hasn't quite overcome yet. Um, and I think when you're a baby face, you've got to be able to show that real vulnerability to get the audience behind you. I mean, the match was really good. It was an amazing match. Um, and it was the right outcome, of course. And maybe I'm nitpicking here. But um, but yeah, Hayes, I think he's going to do well on the main roster. Um, and he did really well here. But yeah, dragging off. When you watched it, you're like, that Elia guy, <laughs> he's so good. He's actually better than Carmelo Hayes. 
And I'm convinced that he's going to do well on the main roster. Maybe they'll put him with Imperium. I'm not sure. But I think he's somebody when he comes to the main roster, you'll think, oh, he's not going to make it. And his matches will be that good that people will have to, people will will notice him. They'll have to notice him and they'll be like, this guy is something special. Um, and I think if they put him in there with Gunter, they'll tear it down on pay-per-view. I think somebody who could have an amazing match with Brock Lesnar. You know, imagine that. That would be something else, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be great. So, um, yeah, that that was uh, the Great American Bash. Um, but we did mention Vince briefly there. But you, you're dragging off. But you know, would Vince get him? So, Vince, we we found out the other day that Vince McMahon uh, is on is underwent major surgery recently. Uh, TMZ had said that he'd uh, went through major spinal surgery, um, and it was a lengthy four hour um, surgery. Uh, the it was successful. Um, and he was going to be sort of, you know, taking some time off, obviously, to deal with that. Then today, WWE announced all these monster numbers for their, their end of quarter uh, stuff. You know, they're doing better than they've ever done. They're making more money than they ever had. I mean, yeah, grossed $410.3 million in three months. I mean, that's just incredible, isn't it? Insane. Insane. But we then, <laughs> we then found out today as well, um, that apparently Vince McMahon um, on July 17th, federal law enforcement agents executed a search warrant and served a federal grand jury subpoena to Vince McMahon. No charges have been brought in these investigations. Uh, Nick Khan obviously made a no comment to this today, um, but we did get told that uh, Vince is uh, basically not going to be around for the foreseeable future. The, the story is recovering from his medical procedure. Um, he will obviously still retain his roles, but he, he's not going to be around. Um, I mean, it's one of those things right, where he's he's almost 80 years old. He's been hammering a lot of stuff for a long time to look the way that he does. Yeah. Um, it was going to catch up with him physically. And, and they get, you know, the other stuff is by the by. But I mean, the physical stuff, first of all, was always going to catch up to him, it seems. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, what can you say? I mean, he obviously did quite a few matches as well, didn't he? And took a lot of bumps. And he was not a natural athlete. And everything he did in the ring was kind of awkward, wasn't it? I mean, if you remember, prior to his steroid trial, he underwent major. I don't know it was major neck surgery, but it was. Yeah, he was wearing a neck brace anyway. What during his steroid trial? So he had a neck operation then. I mean, that was ninety four. Um, so it was a long time ago. Um, but I mean, yeah, old age in general. I mean, people just need things doing, don't they? You know, whether it's your knees or it's your, you know, whatever your hips or whatever it is. I mean, in Vince's case, it's been his back. So possibly I would imagine um, the wrestling had something to do with it. He also at one point was involved in pretty bad motorbike accident as well, didn't he? Came down on his coccyx. Do you remember that? He actually talked about it in his uh, famous Playboy interview. So maybe it's yeah. related to that as well. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that he's recovering from surgery doesn't mean that he can't be in almost constant communication with the creative team. I'm sure he's still going to be involved in on some level creatively. He's just not going to be at the shows. But I think he'll still be there on the phone or you know, online or whatever, probably 
you know, could well be just participating in creative meetings via Skype or Zoom, couldn't it? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, may- maybe there's a, you know, because obviously we don't, you know, we could sit and speculate all day about the federal jury thing, the, the yeah. subpoena. But, you know, one thing you could speculate is that last year, with all the money getting paid to people and the ways that were paid, the federal government in the US are obviously very strict with the way that things need to happen in yeah. business. So, you know, it's maybe that's what it's to do with. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem like it's connected to that, doesn't it? I mean, what else could it be? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you are, I mean, I have no experience in paying anybody off for, for anything. But if, you know, if you do pay somebody off, because, you know, obviously there's the big story about Vince saying, you know, WB had said uh, to date, Vince McMahon has paid back approximately $17.4 million to reimburse the company for costs that have been incurred and paid by the company. We'd yeah. put that in the SEC filing. We'd yes. put it in, in all that stuff. But, I mean, just because he's paid the money back doesn't mean that that's allowed the way that it's been done. So, and I mean, it's also interesting that all this information about, you know, the federal jury grand, federal grand jury subpoena has has been released today, the day where all their numbers are coming out, but how great they're doing. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe Vince has uh, taken it. Kenny, a good day to bury bad news. Sorry to use that phrase, but that phrase was used one time, wasn't it? Do you yeah. remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the, maybe that's it. But maybe Vince again is going to try and sort of be away for a while till it all calms down so then he can come back yeah. again um but i mean the, the the thing that i think people should focus on the good is that even when he came back and you know we all have obviously issues with the fact that he's back um given everything that happened but he hasn't went come back the way he, and, and basically been all over everything like he used to be he's had his finger oh, and you know what if he had been everyone's antennae was up you know, looking for something to complain about, weren't they? Looking for something to go for him over. And there's been very few sort of McMahon moments yep. that have been infuriating. There's been a few moments where you're like, that does seem like a Vince decision, but yeah. not many, really. Um, maybe, you know, it did occur to me, actually, Kenny, the other day that, you know, if Finn Balor does defeat Seth Rollins this weekend for the title uh-huh. might he defend against edge and maybe is that the reason why edge defeated finn balor at wrestlemania so I mean, balor I, could then defend it against edge and defeat edge so, i mean i would but, love to think that was long-term planning that they had i mean maybe it is maybe there is planning that's going into it now from triple h and his team um but, I mean, the reason I bring that up is that that was one of the results that did annoy me at WrestleMania. And that almost yeah. seemed like a McMahon decision. Why would you have Edge defeat Finn Balor? Because, you know, Vince never really saw that much in Balor when he was running things. So it almost seemed to me like that was a Vince directive. Yeah. So, But if that was done so that Balor could defeat Edge in a rematch, then I can forgive it. Uh, but, yeah, just you know, going back to what you were just saying, Kenny, it doesn't feel like Vince has really change things that much or really screwed things up in the way that we feared he might um but as far as this you know legal situation it does seem to be linked to the payoffs and maybe that wasn't handled you know by the book um but i'm not i don't know i mean it doesn't it doesn't really i don't think it's as bad as it sounds i could be wrong about that I'm not, but if it's linked to that and Vince has then reimbursed the company 
for these payoffs that have been made, that could have violated some rules. But I'm not sure if it's such a huge thing. And it might be more of a slap on the wrist type thing and maybe a small fine or maybe even quite a large fine. I don't know. But I, I think it's probably linked to that. Yeah, I would, I would think so. But the, I'm just glad he's not all over everything like he used to be. And, you know, the thing is, they're doing better than they've ever done. So why mess with it? Why mess with how well things have been going for them in the last, you know, year? So, how you know, because, I mean, TV TV attendance is up more than it's been in years. House show attendance. You know, yeah. they're, doing, they're doing better in pretty much every metric than they've done for, for you know, decades. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, apart from in terms of ratings, but then yes. you know it's a different time now. Despite what Vince Russo might tell you. <laughs> well, Joe, it's funny you mentioned old Vince. Um, I know that the Bash at the Beach 2000 uh, Dark Side of the Ring came out. I have not seen it. Yet. I know you have seen it, Finn. Yeah. So I will. I will need to ask you for comment next week. I'm going to have to bring it up. Um, because I'm very. I mean, I know exactly what he's going to be like on it. I'm not under any illusion that. He's going to be any different, but oh, um, despairingly obnoxious. That's <laughs> why I was in. The, I was in the car with Steve Gunn earlier on. We were coming coming home, and I said, "Oh, I wish we. I wish we had time to watch the the, the Bash at the Beach Dark Side of the Ring before we go on holiday." And he said, "Why?" And I said, oh, "Finn was telling me that that Russo in it was uh, despairingly obnoxious." And he laughed. Yeah. He went. He went. That's a selling point to me. <laughs> want, to, want to see how despairingly obnoxious he is. So. Oh, I mean, like you know, the, I mean, abrasive doesn't just doesn't cover it. It just doesn't cover it. I mean, this is this is a quote from Russo in that Dark Side of the Ring episode, right? I despise the wrestling business, bro. I despise the people in it. You cannot be a good person and exist in the wrestling business because you enter a shark tank, and unless you become a shark, they will eat you alive. He's just I mean, it's a bit of a generalization, isn't it? <laughs> so is that him saying that like Mick Foley is a terrible person? Is that him saying that you know Bret Hart's a terrible person or Kevin Owens or all these people? Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil. I mean, you know, an all-round good egg. I mean, Titus yeah. O'Neil, what a good egg he is. And it's just like, but that, no, that's the quote from I don't, I mean, I'm not gonna get into who he's he didn't mention anyone by name. But that's what he said on that program. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's worth a watch. I mean, I don't think there was really any sort of new material disclosed. Maybe a couple of things towards the end. Um, but it's it's such a strange story, and um, it's not something you could really write about because it would take up too many words, and it's been covered endlessly. So, but we will talk about it. Next week, right, Kenny? Yes, we will, yes. So anyway, listen, that's all the time we've got for now. But if you're listening to this on Patreon on Thursday, we're putting the Power Slam overrun up tomorrow before SummerSlam. So we'll do SummerSlam predictions. And if you're listening to this on the main feed, that'll be up right now on Patreon. So go check it out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash inside the road. So uh, yeah, Finn, uh, we'll be recording that, but we'll be back on Tuesday on what's going down to talk about SummerSlam. So hopefully we've got lots of good things to discuss. Yeah, when are you back from the states? Uh, I am back on Tuesday. I'm back oh. on Tuesday morning, so I'm going to. My plan is to. I'm. We're going to a gig on the Tuesday night, as well. 
which was deliberate because we're planning to try and not go to sleep. Ah, yes. So, who are you so, going to see, Kenny? We're going to see the Sugar Babes. Um, at the Kel- see them. Was it last year? Yeah, but they're they're doing the Kelvin Grove Bandstand, which is a great venue in the West End. It's an outdoor thing, and uh, they had like ten acts that were announced, and they were, Sugar Babes were the ones that we we, we were going to be here for. So we're going to go and see them at night, and then I'm going to podcast with you in the afternoon. All the stuff to, I'm going to do to try and keep myself awake so that when we go to bed on Tuesday night, I can hopefully beat the jet lag. That's the plan. Fantastic. So, Fantastic. That's going to be a busy day, isn't it? Busy, yeah, busy day. I think we get back into Glasgow at noon, and then you and me in the afternoon, and then uh, then at night. So hopefully it all goes to plan. But, uh, we hope that you enjoy SummerSlam, however you're watching it. And uh, as I say, do go check us out on Patreon for our predictions. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.